Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It's great to be with you on a Monday. I am Boyd Matheson, and we're going to get to one of those crucial conversations about something crucial and vital to the state of Utah that we often don't even think about in our day-to-day living, and that is water. Uh, and in order to do that, I had to go to my ultimate Inside Source card and uh, played the card to have Kevin Eubank, uh, KSL TV's chief meteorologist, uh, to join us to talk about that. And uh, we were just chatting before before we came on air, and and you said, you know, this idea of the desert blossoming as a rose uh, is a reality. We're we're living in that, but the only reason we can do that is because somebody was thinking about water. Yeah. Forward thinkers many, many years ago allowed it so that we could live where we live, grow the way we've grown, use the resources that we have. Uh, Mother Nature's done it all along, right? That water cycle that we have where we can put snow up in the mountains across our state. But that snow, think about when the pioneers got here. All you had was the water that ran off the mountain and as much as you could collect it at the time. And then... It was gone. It was out into a big body of salt (laughs) out to the west, which they tried to irrigate and use and learned pretty quick that that uh, brackish, yucky brine didn't do much except for the brine flies. And that's what started, all right, we need to get a canal system. We need to start getting storage systems. And from that is what we now look at Utah as the second driest state in the country, yet one of the very best when it comes to water management because of forward thinking, reservoirs, lakes, natural and man-made. Right. And you've got federal input. Now, some would really you know, frown on lots of federal uh, imposition, whether it's Flaming Gorge, whether it's over towards Lake Powell. There's lots to debate in that category. Sure. But because of it, downstream areas like Las Vegas, like mm. the southern to California, they have a guaranteed amount of water that comes down where in the past it wasn't like that. Right. And there's a lot of benefit that comes from predictability when it comes to water. Yeah, uh, and I love that. And and someone having the vision and not just having the vision, but having the discipline to do the hard work, the heavy lifting, uh, even when there was lots of snow in the mountain uh, or it looked like it was going to be a really good water year. Sure. And climate patterns change. They just do. Yeah. We've had really wet cycles over the decades. We've had really dry cycles over the decades. And whether you're into climate science and saying, hey, we're all drive, drive into extra dry and extra horrible and the and humans are the total cause of that, which – I'm not. I, I really am one of those that I think we're all equal partners yeah. in what's happening, and we're equal partners in the solution. It's never single-sided. Yeah. You can't just go, oh, let's eliminate all the humans, and it'll all be okay. Well, a lot of the natural resources are for yeah. humans, and so we've got to figure out a balance, a right way to do it, and that really does start with water. And you asked me originally, hey, come on, talk about drought, because we're, yeah. we're in it. We're, de- we're dealing with it. We are dealing with it, and we always deal with it. Yeah. It's something that here in Utah, it's funny how it's top of mind when there's no water, 
and it's bottom of the mind when there is water. Right. The truth of the matter is for the water managers in the state, and really I think for most most people, it's always top of mind. Because mm-hmm. even though you may having a plentiful year, it's how are we going to save it, how are we going to use it, and how are we going to educate people to use it properly. So I wanted to give you a little context. Nine, 100% of Utah is in a drought situation right now with 90% Boyd of the entire state in extreme drought, which we haven't seen this for a hundred years when it Mm. comes to these kinds of conditions. And some people go, Oh, drought's just the amount of water that falls from the sky. And that's just not the case. Drought is a three pronged formula, water and precipitation coming from above. Mm -hmm. And then you've got to go in and figure out how much do we actually have in the supply chain? How much have we stored in the reservoirs, in the lakes and in our supply? And then how much is in the ground? Because those three sources are where we get all of it. What falls from the sky, what we've saved, and then what we can either pump or what the earth is going to soak in when it's all done. The trifecta of bad is where we are right now. We haven't got it from above. Our supply is really low, and the ground is exceptionally dry. dry. Wow. And that's why it's that's why we're in the situation we're in. Yeah, and, and I, I love the way you're framing all of this, Kevin, because it's so important for all of us. It, it is easy to just kind of dismiss it and say, well, it's just a bad climate year, yep. you know, or it's just a bad snow year. Uh, and it, it is all of those things, and it's all of us uh, playing our part from, uh, from the government folks doing their thing, the people who are in charge of the water doing their thing, us as individuals doing our thing. Uh, and it's not just climate, and it's not just humans. It, it's all of these factors coming together. Uh, and so as we look at that and as we think about our role individually, uh, as we look at this kind of trifecta in terms of the drought, uh, what is it that we should be thinking about even though we're just in the early spring? Stewardship, stewardship, stewardship. We've got to be good stewards of the resources that we've been given. And that goes for good air. It goes for good mm. water. It goes for all of these things. We have a precious resource, and there's a lot of debate about, hey, Utah, the reason why it's so bad is because we don't charge appropriately. If we were to elevate how much it actually costs, people would be more cognizant of how much because Mm -hmm. it hit them in the pocketbook. Well, the truth is some of the biggest offenders are corporate or government or large. The residential users use, and they abuse. Believe me, I've seen plenty of (laughs) soggy bottoms all around. (laughs) But the truth is the largest consumer, second only to agriculture, is church Mm -hmm. and state. And when you start looking at that, you go, well, why are they watering? It's They water every single day. And rain or shine, they're watering. Or snow. And it's because <laughs> it's, <seen> it. <laughs> it's easier for them to just put it into a timer and yep. allow it to go, and then they don't have to worry about it. Well, yeah. the conversation needs to be raised from both the level of the residents and what we can do. Yeah. Agriculture has a huge part because sure. I'll tell you, what you take when you develop an acre of land and the water that you use to irrigate that acre, it's a drop in the bucket compared to an acre of new houses placed on that Mm. land and how much water they used. So we also have antiquated water rights issues that are also being part of this conversation. But I think at the end user, just be smart. Know that that less is more when it comes to water. Mm -hmm. Diversity within the landscape, there's zero scaping. There's all sorts of incentives. We all grew up on beautiful, lush green lawns. Well, that's beautiful, and there's a place for it. And the right species of turf will make a big difference. And then mm-hmm. don't overwater it. Yeah. The only way you get a good healthy lawn is by mitigating how much water you put down. It'll grow. It'll get deep. And it'll be a better turf for you. But a lot of people don't realize that. They just throw more water on it and go, hey, I'm going to make it greener. And if not, I'm going to go get some fertilizer, put it on, <laughs> then that. put more water, and hey, make it just, even more green. <laughs> I, I'm glad I married a farmer's daughter because that would uh, that would be me. You know, more is more is better, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, great, great insight. Uh, Kevin Eubank, uh, Chief Meteorologist for KSL Television. Appreciate you giving us some perspective and all the responsibility, all the things we should be talking about as it relates to this most precious commodity of water.
Thank Thanks. you for joining us Thanks, today. Boy. All right. Again, that's Kevin Eubank joining us. Uh, love that perspective because, again, it's so easy to shrug our shoulders and say, hey, not my job, not my fault, not my responsibility. Uh, and it's all of us. Stewardship, uh, as Kevin very rightly, very powerfully said, is the most important part of this process. Each of us can square our shoulders and do our part uh, and make it a little better for everybody. All right, we're going to go ahead and step aside for a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll round out our day with a new kind of politics. Find out what it is next. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.